Hello and welcome to Move Line presented by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today and our promo code 444 and receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined as always by Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not too much. That was a very kind promotion at the top there, all things considered. Um, but I'm excited for a nice week of football coming up. You know, it's, I mean, what, week 17? Like we are, I said we were almost there with week 14. You're right. That was a massive overreaction. Uh, yeah. Now it feels like I'm just like, you know, barely out of the grave at this point. Like I'm almost there and yeah, we're almost there. Play, like playoffs don't really hurt me that much because we're breaking down like what? I mean, a couple games, you know, it's not that big of a deal. For sure. I, I think it's a combination too of like the COVID lemaze where it's actually making our jobs here from a content standpoint harder. And it also being like week 17 and we've been grinding shows every week since like July. And you're just like, man, I love doing this. I love doing this with you. This is our fourth year. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else, but like take me home. Let's get into like, give me the Super Bowl. I cannot wait for, for just golf season. So. It has 0% to do with the show and like hundred percent to do with prepping for the show. I would say, at least for me, like I don't, I can hop on and do this show and, 10 minutes and I would have no issues talking with, with you for like whatever long. It's just that the amount of time it takes me to prep for the show is longer than the show almost always. So. Always. Yeah. So we'll do our best to try to make it a listenable or watchable experience for you because as is the case for all of the world of sports uh, and for you as a uh, handicapper yourself, as a listener, as you know, we are dealing with somewhat unprecedented times in the world of COVID and uh, trying to do the best with the information that we have. It is uh, as important as ever to be grinding news and the news is ever changing. The rules are ever changing. We'll get to that at some point in the show, but uh, I'm going to do our best to handicap the entire week 17 slate. We have no Thursday football and we um, are going to talk about uh, Monday night. So we're literally going to get to every game this week is not something we typically do. We usually leave the Island games alone, but uh, we're going to do our best to give you actionable content as we have it currently as we record on Wednesday night. So wherever you are listening or watching, we appreciate it very much. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. Again, we will do this every week up to the Super Bowl. Uh, we also have a Friday show, which I think will be Friday this week. I don't know. We're going to do a prop show every week as well for every week of football. Uh, Connor and I bring on prop stars for that. Uh, we can get into some actionable props for you as well. No props currently in the marketplace, which makes sense because the books don't know what to do with anything right now. So uh, we are going to do the best we can to talk about these games as we currently have them. So with that said, let's jump into what I think is probably the best game of the slate is that first one, uh, Kansas city on the road in Cincinnati. The Bengals are catching five at home. 49 and a half is the total uh, chiefs locked up their six straight AFC West crown last week dismantling the Steelers uh, without Travis Kelsey, which I thought was impressive. They've now won eight straight. They have covered in six of eight, and they have allowed fewer than 20 points in seven of eight, which I think is really interesting, Connor, considering people were burying the Chiefs in midseason at one point. There were, like, plus 120s out there for the Chiefs to win the division that we were suckers for not taking. But uh, talk to me about the spot. I mean, the Bengals are playing well, too, and they are now catching five at home. Yeah, I didn't take any of that. I, I was, I mean, I was definitely not on board with that saying the Chiefs are dead, but I was a little bit concerned. I mean, they looked so bad. Uh, but 
the takes that could be exposed from the early season, uh, I'm sure are glorious. I'm not going to be one of the losers who goes back and like tries to find them, but I'm sure that there were some interesting ones uh, there. Uh, but yeah, in this spot here, I think that the Bengals are going to probably try and run the ball to start, but I think that, that that's probably going to be game scripted out. So like we're probably going to see a bunch of Joe Burrow throws just um, just by how the game is going to go because Kansas City's offense is basically, I mean, almost 100% back now with Travis Kelsey likely playing this week. Um, and then the Cincy defense, I think, is a little bit overrated. We talked about it early on in the season. Like their schedule, you know, really, I think, helped them a lot in the metrics. And then now once they start playing a little bit more uh, tougher opponents, like they really haven't performed as well. So I think that this could be a good spot for the over. I think it could be a good spot for – like, I mean, we've seen, like, if Burrow is just unleashed, like – he is yeah. fully capable of exposing this defense, even though the Chiefs defense has been all very good too, but they're not at Arrowhead. If this is at Arrowhead, I would be a little bit more concerned about the over, but I think the over is a good spot here. I think the over is a good spot too. It was interesting to see, and I think you make a good point with the mix and rushing game thing. It was good to see last week because we have been banging our heads a little bit around Cincinnati, maybe not playing as optimal as we would like them, considering that they're, you know, Burrow is playing incredible football. They have, three outstanding weapons on the outside and they've been a lot of run, run pass. But last week in a spot against the Ravens who had a decimated secondary that were literally playing, you know, practice squad guys, they were very pass heavy and in, in neutral scripts and early in that football game. So that would encourage me a little bit considering that we, you know, we think maybe Zach Taylor is a little bit of a donkey. Um, if they're going to be a little bit more optimal, that, kind of pushes this spot to be a little bit more they're both playing with pace too uh so i think i can get behind i think i can get behind it over here too um yeah i mean the defense has been real for kansas city so i think some of like yeah we weren't ready to bury the chiefs but i think some of that is real like if you look at like just from a big picture epa per play standpoint like they are not the juggernaut that they've been the last couple of years but like if you go back to week 10 they rank third in epa per play a lot like that that's impressive for a team that was basically 30th, yeah. 31st, 32nd in any meaningful metric for about two months of the season. So that's good to see. Uh, we got to see what happens here. I mean, the the Bengals need this. this. This schedule to finish, like they have the Chiefs and then the Browns. So like they have control of the AFC North if they can win this one here. Um, any, any leans on catching five at home? I mean, it seems – I don't know. I feel like it's that, like, you know, Bill Simmons would call it the Vegas zone. Like, they don't know what to do with it. It's kind of stuck in the middle. You know, I think you see a lot of action. If this got up to six on the Cincinnati side, I do think Kansas City is the better team. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any current, current leads at five. Yeah, it's tough. Because, I, I mean, like you said, the Chiefs defense is actually good. And if they, were, if they were even, like, average, I would definitely lean Bengals at five. But – I mean, they've actually been good, and I have concerns about the Bengals' defense. So I'm just not really sure what to do with either of these teams at this point, to be honest. And so that's why I'm pretty confident that either way they'll score a decent amount of points here combined. Uh, but I, I can't take a position on the side of five. Yeah. Could be a nice spot for the mentor, uh, Daryl Williams, in the prop market with uh, CEH likely out for this one. He should be set to handle more of a, a three-down roll here, so I'll have to watch for, for that. Yeah, we have another question here from a listener. Will Tyreek be winded from COVID? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Um, maybe. I think it seems like it's like, I don't know, 50-50. Yeah, reports today were that he was not himself last week. Uh, came back and was a little a little, uh, you know, winded and, and 
practices he's been struggling and stuff like that. So I mean, it wasn't his best last week either in the game. So they didn't need it against the Steelers. I mean, they just absolutely bull rushed them right away. But, uh, you know, figure another week under his belt. He should be he should be okay. Yep. All right, next, Philly. On the road against the Washington football team. Uh, football team is catching three and a half at home. We have 45 point total here. Believe it or not, there's a decent shot that one of these teams is the last team in the playoffs in the NFC. Um, Eagles are in better shape. Uh, this is essentially, though, a must-win game for them. Um, they've won three straight. They are currently the seven team. Uh, but they got Dallas coming to town next week. That's a tougher opponent, and Dallas needs that one too. So Philly needs to take care of business here if they're going to maintain their spot in the seventh seed. Um, Washington needs to win out and get a little help. <laughs> Um, but if they win here, they get the giants next week, like stranger things have happened as wild as that is, um, considering some of the stuff that's going on in Minnesota, you never know. So again, like this feels a little bit like an overreaction. Like I think Philly's the better team. I don't know. It's moved down a little bit. This was like four and a half and fours. I think part of this is also like the football team got absolutely boat raced on a national televised game against Dallas the other day. So I feel like there's a little bit of overreaction here. You know, Washington hasn't been great of late, but I don't think there's a huge discrepancy between these two teams. And now you're telling me that one team is laying more than a field goal on the road. Like, I don't know that I have the stones or the interest really for Washington right now, but it feels like the better side. Um, any thoughts here? Yeah, I think that this is, I still lean towards the Eagles. I get what you're saying about it being an overreaction. I just think that like, they, I mean, almost like thoroughly dominated this Washington team on the ground last time around. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Miles Sanders had 130 uh, rushing yards, uh, you know, last week, last time against them. And yeah, we just saw I, this game. It's a good point. We just yeah, saw it not too long ago. I mean, see, the thing is, though, is we get trapped. Like, I think it's very easy to like understand like, the recency bias of what we just saw. Like, we're like, it's hard for us to fathom. Like, why would what we just saw not happen again? And like it almost never happens again. Like, so that's kind of my counterpoint to my my thought process there, and why I haven't really been like all over this. Um, also, I think that there's a narrative going around early in the week that there the Eagles are like, oh, Boston Scott can soak up the majority of the workload and all that stuff. I would just be careful, um, you know, because I mean Jordan Howard did suffer like a little bit of stinger in practice, it seems like, but it looks like he could play again. Probably just a stay away situation for me, like. I have yeah. no idea what, what books are going to do with props there, but just I think that if you want to attack the rushing, you can probably go to a points bet and take like a rushing total yardage over something like that rather than like taking which running back because they'll likely have success in the ground. I just don't know who it's going to be. That's so. a good call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I feel like I agree that I think the Eagles are the better team. It definitely feels like the square side though, considering some of that recency bias, double the recency bias in a sense, right? We have – this this game happened two weeks ago. Eagles dominated, and then we just saw the football team get destroyed on the national stage, and everyone is like, oh, why would I take that team against anybody? So, yeah, um, I don't have an appetite for it, but I feel like the football team is the, the wise way to go. Maybe a, a teaser leg. Um, but I don't even know that I want that to be honest. Uh, Does I mean football team on uh, the team total twenty one seems a little high. I don't know. I mean it just seems like if you catch twenty one and a half, it seems like a lot. Um, but yeah, in that sense, then I'm just taking a game under, right? If I feel like that this is mispriced as a game, 
then I feel like maybe the Eagles are a little too high too. So. Yeah, twenty four and a half is also a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, you're probably maybe right. that's the look. Maybe the look is under. Uh, yeah, that's all we can do right now, folks. We're gonna try to give high level overview thoughts. It's hard to like be rock solid in anything right now. Like Connor gives me shit all the time mm-hmm. about the look ahead market, <laughs> and I've been like, oh my god, have I been like catching like the <laughs> hardest, deepest, strongest L's in the look aheads? It's like I like I'm getting closing line value all the time oh yeah those, those are never winning it has been a brutal brutal year um as far as that goes and so like you know right now like there is no look at market like there is a look at market but you were dumb to bet into it because we have no idea we're getting dudes just crossed off the morning of so like it makes things really really tough right now so yeah, i think level- the anti-closing line value people probably are pointing to you as a case study of why oh, you know, it doesn't even matter. But, you know, I think that in the long run, you're 100% right. And your closing line value will pay off. And I'm sure it already has. I mean, it has. Like, you're so profitable. It's just yeah, not we'll as much get back as you have. So, we'll get back on the saddle strong next year with the closing line value. Yeah. It'll, it'll come back to us. I'll, I'll bet everyone then. How about that? Um, my man. <laughs> warms the cuckles of my heart. Um, next game, Rams on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore catching three and a half at home. We have a 46-point total here. Uh, Rams winners are four straight suddenly sitting atop the NFC West after last week's win in Minnesota and then Arizona losing three straight games. Cardinals have a tough test this week in Dallas. Uh, and if they lose in the Rams win here in Baltimore, uh, the Rams are your NFC West champs. Uh, wasn't pretty last week though. Matthew Stafford has not played well of late. I think five of his last seven games have been negative from an EPA play standpoint. It was enough to get it done though. Um, and then really Baltimore secondaries, we talked about at the top with Joe Burrow, even like this is a great place to get right, catch some momentum heading down the stretch here. Uh, yeah. And, and this, this Ravens team, like we don't know about Lamar. I know we are definitely hoping that we get full Lamar this week uh, for our own, you know, fantasy reasons, but uh, you know, seeing this line on paper here, plus three and a half, considering that, you know, Baltimore is a team that we've thought about as a playoff team for most of the season. It's definitely not who they are right now. And uh, the Rams leave a lot to be desired too. Any thoughts here at three and a half? I think this is a tough one to tough one to fully break down here, because if you look on paper, like the Rams look like they're, you know, kind of back because I mean, they've scored 28 or more points in four of their five games. since the bye. I mean, we've seen since McVay started his career that, you know, kind of goes through ups and downs of the season, but at the same time, their offense VPA, you know, eighth on the season now they're down to 11th in that same time span so really they haven't been all that much more efficient offensively than the entire rest of the season um but again I think they're catching a Ravens team that's probably without Lamar a video came out today that showed him throwing but he was like had a pretty major limp uh and like he was I mean just like cobbling around basically walking so I just I mean we talked about this before too like if you're getting Lamar a guy who like thrives off playmaking and thrives off, you know, being able to run and kind of, you know, expose him to his legs. He's a good passer as well, but I mean, limiting him to just being a pocket passer is not ideal. Like he's, no. he's, I mean, not a top 15 pocket passer, you know, if he just has to sit there. Uh, so, you know, that, and I think that beyond that, he would he'll still try to run. He just won't be as successful doing it, which is actually like hurts his team even more than just like sitting in the pocket. So, um, I lean towards the Rams, to be honest. I think that that's a good look. Uh, I think you can get catch a three. It's a great look. Three and a half, I'd still lean towards them, to be honest. Yeah, I would lean Rams, too. I think maybe even a Rams team total over is appealing, considering what 
they can do here. Like even last week, like you know, they scored 30. There's a defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown in there. But like that's not a great Minnesota defense. This Baltimore defense right now is is even worse. Uh, right. secondary is just bad. I mean, it is it's bad, man. Like, so I would lean that way. I think it's probably the right play. I think this is similar to last week where you know, Cooper Cup's lines were hung at like nine and a half receptions and 110 yards. And like, we didn't even talk about it under, and he like, he got to 10 balls and like 130 yards. Like he's just kind of automatic. Um, it's just I, one of those things that like you can't fade. It's like fading, you know, Derrick Henry in, in December when he's healthy and like, you know, you just, you can't do it. Like, unless you don't, you, unless you hate life and hate football. Uh, I mean, there's no way you could do it and watch it. I, I, no. I, there's no way you could do it and watch it. Yeah. You'd have to have, you have to have some some stones for that. So yeah, I mean, you can sell me on a Rams team total. That is interesting to me. Sony Michelle is interesting too. I mean, I know it's harder to run against the Ravens than it is the Rams. I don't think we have any actual like Cam Akers stuff this week. And the last week, Henderson did not get a touch until like late in the game. It was almost exclusively the Sony show, and he was running routes uh, at a really high clip. Like it really shocking to see. Uh, you know, Pats could not utilize him correctly, but somehow Sean McVay can uh, unlock Sony Michelle in the passing game. But, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see if the books are still maybe reluctant to post higher numbers on him because they're thinking it's going to be a timeshare. Uh, again, just with a scoring environment here where I think it might get into the the high 20s on the Rams side that could be could be pretty interesting. So really hard to actually cap this, I think, without Lamar and really getting a full understanding, like you said, about how healthy or unhealthy he is for this one. Yeah, I mean, the books are reluctant to post props on anything. So it's just, I mean, I don't really blame them, to be honest. But still, sure. it's, it's just like sad, you know, scrolling through uh, today on a Wednesday, not seeing anything for Thursday, not seeing anything for the weekend. I'm sure, we won't see anything tomorrow either. Uh, maybe until Friday. It's it's like the good old days, you know, where you can yeah. just, you know, guess about props. But the issue is like, even on Saturday, like there was like nothing. There was, was like, like they dropped like, you know, hundreds of props on Sunday and it was just like a mad scramble to like see what you can get down on all those, which was fun, but not eh, not ideal. I didn't love it because we were trying to do a show at the same time, and like it messed up the whole day, and not a good week for me. So like, I like them a little bit earlier, a little more time to process, but we'll we'll see. I'm I'm guessing we probably don't have that this week. So all right, next Tampa Bay on the road in New York against the Jets. Uh, Tampa Bay is a 13 point favorite here. 45 and a half is the total. I think it's easy to forget since Tampa is the defending champ. Uh, but the Saints won the NFC South last year. So last week's win against the Panthers locked up the Bucks' first division title since 2007, which is impressive. Um, they still have a shot at the top seed in the conference. Things are a little harder considering the losses that they've had of late and then the injuries too. But uh Again, knowing that they still have something to play for here against the Jets, uh, 13's a ton on the road in the NFL, but like, gosh, like, eh, I think it's probably the right side. I think it's probably too short uh, being under 14. Connor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first off, cash those bucks to win the division tickets that we, I mean, that was one of our, I think on our future show, actually one of the best bets that we had on the, the the future show. I mean, that's like something we talked about relentlessly at the end of the year. We were like, that is it. If you can bet anything right now, still yep. take bucks up to like minus 300, basically. I think yeah. we got like minus 200, minus 170. But anyways, that was, you know, a good cash to have on our preseason show. But again, I agree with you here. I think that this is actually a good spot for more Zach Wilson unders. The bucks defense is good. And then mm -hmm. if you look at the offense, like it's going to be a question of like, 
whatever they want to do, they're going to do. Like they, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. If it's run the ball, if it's pass the ball, like I don't really know, but they're going to do whatever they want successfully. So, um, yeah, I think that the, the Bucks are the side here when you put all that together. Um, and I think that some Jets unders are going to be good here. I mean, again, Elijah Moore is 50-50 to suit up. Zach Wilson has no one to throw to. The offensive line is terrible. He has little, you know, running back talent in the backfield outside of, you know, Michael Carter, but still, like, it, it doesn't really even matter. So, yeah, I mean. 97 I think, passing yards last week against the Jags. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean, that was great. I mean, we, the the over-under on that was, what, like 200-something like that? It was like yeah, 220. Like, yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson unders might be my new bad QB under trends of the week. Like it's too easy. He's got no one to throw to. Like you said, I mean, we have, you know, all the injuries there with Jameson Crowder doubtful. I mean, we've had no Corey Davis for weeks. Elijah Moore, we think is a pretty dynamic player, but like you said, he's a coin flip to play as of now. Uh, last week was a bunch of Braxton Berrios dump offs. Like, you know, it, it just is, it's not, it's not pretty. And like you said, this is a spot where Tampa Bay needs the game. I think Tampa Bay is motivated. Like we have to start to check motivation at this time of year, but like Tampa Bay has something to play for. They still are playing for seeding. Brady, very familiar with playing these jets and, and hanging crooked numbers on them. So I think, uh, I think they go ahead and, and get crazy. I'm not going to have a stomach for Ronald Jones stuff here, but uh, he was the primary back. I think kind of the backfield played out like people thought it would. He was the early down guy. Keyshawn uh, Vaughn mixed in on passing downs and uh, kind of cucked a touchdown from him too, which you, you love to see. But, um, you know, he is going to be the guy on first and second down, and that could bode well in the second half from a, just a volume standpoint. So what do you think about a uh, Tampa Bay team total at less than 30? I think that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, last week they kind of got to that number installed out a little bit against the Panthers, but like, again, the, the, the number that jumps out to me is the Jets team total under, even though we're like, you know, we've typically been like a 17 that we've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the key number is 14, 13 or 14 is probably the key number here. Right. So like 13, you're telling me, you know, 14, you're telling me two touchdowns, 13, you're telling me three scoring drives. I don't know. That's not, yeah. that's not happening. You know? Yeah. No. So, and there's no like secondary, like I know that there can be fluky things like pick sixes and strip sack turnovers, but like this does not feel like the spot. AB, there's so much volume for AB, maybe some AB, uh, you know, receiving stuff or some Gronk receptions. There could be uh, some stuff there with, with those guys. Those were kind of the one and two, like we thought would be the case. All right, next game, uh, Atlanta on the road in Buffalo. Buffalo is laying 14 and a half at home. 44 is the total here. Big win for Buffalo last week in Foxborough. Basically locked up the AFC East title. Uh, they have home games against Atlanta here and then the Jets next week. So, um, and there'll be two touchdown favorites again there. So uh, nice, nice spot for the Bills last week. It was really how they won, which I think was most impressive. Like Josh Allen was the best player in the field and maybe one of the best players of the week. Like there were some really awesome performances last week. Joe Burrow, Dak balled out. But like what Josh Allen did, I think was really, really impressive. We didn't see him run almost at all the week prior, which made me as a Patriots fan, a little encouraged. And then he went out and just scrambled, created, through dimes on the run. Like he was, he was Josh Allen from last year, last week, again, with like kind of a, a B team, right? He didn't have Gabriel Davis. He didn't have Cole Beasley and they got it done. So that was really impressive. I'd be surprised um, if Atlanta's competitive here, Detroit outgained them by nearly a hundred yards last week, which is 
this team is actually somehow in the playoff race, Connor. According to DVOA, they are the worst team in the league. They are like they're seven and eight. They are in the playoff hunt. They are thirty second in total DVOA, which is wild. Yeah, I mean, I I think that even here, I think this is an absolute smash spot for Buffalo. Like you you laid out here pretty well. I think that anything under thirty is a great spot to take their team total. Falcons events like I mean, legitimate garbage. They have a lot of big num- numbers. Like I mean. Most of the reasonable teams they play, they played a lot of terrible teams. Like if you look at their schedule, like it's been a lot of you know like Jets and like you know just just bad bad caliber teams. But I mean, look at teams they play with legitimate offenses: thirty and forty-eight to the Bucks, forty-three to the Cowboys, thirty-one to the Niners. I mean, even twenty-eight points to my Dolphins. You know, like that that is I mean that's bad. That that is really really bad. So I, I think that here this is a great spot for the Buffalo at home. You know, to really like get right. I mean, continue to get right against this like really bad Falcons defense, and so I mean, thirty under thirty points, I think is, is nothing. So I think that the Bills over the team total here is a good look. Zero quarterback sacks, zero quarterback hits against Tim Boyle last week. Oh, God. Zero, like that's impressive. Josh Allen's gonna have so much time; he's not gonna even know what to do with it. No idea. He'll probably make some mistakes because he'll be forced into like he'll have time to sit back, yeah. and they, no one will be pressuring to like scramble. And he'll try to force something down the. It's yeah, it's a mess. That, well, so we'll get like a, a seven or you know or nine to six Bills wins like like they did against the Jags. They lost against the Jags, but still it'll be like something like that. Yeah, I think because they still haven't officially locked up the division, they know they got to take care of business. You probably get a good effort from them here, but uh, yeah, Atlanta's bad, and I'd love to just move on and not have to talk about them as a viable playoff team next week. So cross them off, Buffalo. Uh, another stinker, Jacksonville on the road in New England. New England is a 15.5-point favorites at home, 42-point total. Uh, we had back-to-back spots for Daryl Bevel, gifted the Texans and the Jets in consecutive weeks to uh, make an attempt to build a resume to make a case for this job in Jacksonville, and he lost both, which is pretty hard to do. Those are just some bad teams. Uh, he got to be, you know, He's looking at that, and he's like – I get some spots. I can get more wins. Like even someone asked him in a presser, like, you know, that you can get more wins here at the end of the year than, you know, Urban had uh, and kind of like smirked and laughed and didn't make a comment, but like, nope, couldn't take care of the Texans and the Jets. And now he's going to go to New England and get curb stomped by the Pats who still have to secure a playoff spot. And if they have any shot, obviously, of coming back from Buffalo, uh, they obviously have to win out. So, and they go to Miami next week. So that's going to be a little tougher. Got to make sure they take care of the Jags this week. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I think the line's about right. Like, I'd almost think that it should be like 14 and a half, 14, to be entirely honest. But I, I can't imagine the Patriots do anything other than just like go run heavy, kind of keep the game out of Max hands. Like, there's no reason for him to be anything more than a game manager here. It's a bad Jaguars defense. I think, I do think that like Jaguar, you know, unders on their player props are interesting too, or even just like a, I mean, the team total is at 13.25. I don't know if I can take the under there. Like if you, I know. If you can get a 14, I'm interested. But, like, how are the Jags going to move the ball? You know, that's my biggest question. Um, like, yeah. I don't see it. You got a, uh, you know, Brady versus a rookie quarterback narrative. And you got a Florida team playing up in New England in December. Like, there's just uh, there's a lot here that would make you feel good about the Pats. But, uh, you know, 15 and a half is hard. Like, we got a few of these this week. Like, we just talked about with the Buffalo game. So, not a ton of interest there, but I imagine they jam the ball down their their throats with a bunch of Harris and uh, Stevenson got activated back off of the COVID list today, so it should be mostly Damian Harris. So, yeah. 
Hopefully, Damian. Our FFBC team needs Stevenson to go back on the COVID. I was say, hopefully, Damian still, you know, limited fashion finds the end zone three times this week. So we'll see. And no one wants to hear about our fantasy team, but Connor and I, along with Dagle, have a good, nice little sweat this week for the uh, the main event, which is uh, better than your home league. Just say that. So, Slightly better. Yeah, I've, I've had a few people reach out to me, be like, oh, I'm playing for, you know, whatever, like the mountain. I'm like, well, look at this, you know, like, <laughs> like this yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be sweating that. All right. Next uh, good transition, we get Connor's Dolphins on the road in Tennessee. The Titans are three and a half point favorites here at home. 41 is the total. All right. Bear with me. Tyrod Taylor, Zach Wilson twice, Cam Newton. Mike Glennon and Ian Book. Um, you can only play who's in front of you and on the schedule. So uh, I think the it's impressive that Miami has won seven straight, six of them against this murderer's row of quarterbacks. Uh, the lone exception there, obviously, that Lamar win uh, at home a few weeks ago, which was you know probably one of their most impressive wins of the season. Um, but again, wins in the NFL are hard to come by, and I think there is something to be said. I talked about it with Felica today. We were talking about Brian Flores as coach of the year at 22 to uh, 22 to one. Like this team was one in seven for them to still be fighting at this point And to actually have the leg up on the seventh seed in the playoffs is insanely impressive to that coaching staff to be able to get these guys up. Um, yeah. That's a list of like really shitty quarterbacks, but they won all those games. So here we are. They put them in a, in a spot where, um, they can go to Tennessee here, who is not a team that I'm impressed by. Been winding short for the last month plus. They got a nice win on Thursday against the Niners, which was really surprising. Three and a half, Connor, feels like a little much. I might have some interest in the dog here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear they're finally coming around. Uh, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, hashtag my Dolphins just on a big, big tear. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm ready to fire up the money line here. Like, you know, you talked about the, the the Dolphins, you know, schedule. This Titans team, like, they have been all over the place, right? So they have, I mean, they were just trounced by the Cardinals, lost the Jets, they lost the Steelers, they lost the Texans, and were just, I mean, dismantled by the Patriots. But they also beat the Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Rams, and Niners. Right. So, uh, I mean, like, if you look at that at the end of the season, like what we're doing now, I'm like, what what happened? You know, like, how is it even possible to beat the Chiefs and Bills and lose to the Texans? I don't know. Um, but, that, I mean, that's kind of my point, though, is that, like, this Dolphins team is hot. They're playing well. And you're getting a t- Titans team that's maybe they show up, maybe they don't. They might win by 30 and they might lose. Like, I have no idea. Um, but I guess that's, you know, if you're going to bet on this game, I think that that's why the Dolphins' money line here at plus money is actually kind of a good look here. So I- I'm into it. I don't hate it either. I mean, it's the way to take this, I think. You know, I, I don't see – I mean, obviously they can fall within here. And I think the hook is nice. I definitely have some interest in three and a half. But at this point, like, if I feel strong enough about the Dolphins, I think taking them on the money line is probably the right way to go. You know, probably what, plus 155, plus 160 here or so. Like, I think that's probably a pretty nice look. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of this Tennessee team. They basically have the AFC South locked up. Um, you know, they have – you know, the, the games up on the Colts and they have, you know, two games head to head that they won. So like they could be the two C in the AFC and like, we're like talking about them as if they're a team that barely deserves to be in the playoffs and they're going to be 
a two seed and they're going to get Derrick Henry back. And AJ Brown showed us last week that he's a grown ass man. He balled out on, I don't know that Julio was going to be a thing. It continues like COVID hamstrings, like, you know, so who knows there, but AJ Brown and, and Derrick Henry is enough. And uh, yeah, Tennessee is going to be a team that I think a lot of people want to meet in the playoffs, but stranger things have happened. That's going to be a, um, just a weird team to be possibly the two seed. So, all right, next game. Woo, Giants on the road in Chicago. Chicago is a six-point favorite at home. 37.5 is the total. This is a football game. Um, it is one that I don't care to talk about and one that I don't plan on watching. Um, we just don't have a lot of interest here, Connor. I bet on the under for both of these teams for season win totals. Already in the bank for both of them. So I don't even have to pull for one team to lose. Um, they both sucked comfortably, and those are both cashed. Uh, any thoughts for you here on a Bears team that uh, at least showed a little gusto last week in Seattle, went for two, got the dub. You know, they didn't have a draft pick to play for because they uh, kicked that down the road with uh, actually to the Giants in the trade for uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, this is a disaster. I don't I don't understand, like, how this is a real game. Uh, but, they, again, like – Two of the biggest markets in the country. You get Chicago and New York, and they were like, yeah. uh. But, like, how are the Bears favored by six? I mean, I get that, like, Fromm uh, and yeah. Lennon are just, I mean, abysmal, but, like. Correct. And they're going to split time, apparently. But six, I mean, that's that's a lot for this Bears team. Like, that is, I, I would have put this closer to, like, three and a half, four. Um, and I would have been thought it was totally normal. Again, though, I'm, I'm not backing the Giants because of that. It's not enough for me. I would have to get the least seven for me to consider. And even then it would be mostly betting a number slash power rating versus like, you know, what I actually think is possible in the range of outcomes here, because I don't know, it's just so gross. And I would, I would lean towards the under here, but I mean, the total is at 37 and a half, like right. one pick six and the, the total is probably ruined. Um, so, I mean, okay. You know, maybe not talked about enough Mike Glenn revenge game. You know, I think that that's mm. like, you know, like an interesting narrative, you know, something that yeah, like they, not they, talked about enough. I think it's a good yeah, point, but, but they paid him a bunch of money. So, you know, what is he really mad about? Right. Weak, weak revenge narrative. So, you know, we're can't, we're crossing it off the list. Yeah. Not the strongest. It, it's just a kind of a gross football game. I thought when I saw it too, I was like six, maybe there'd be some buyback, but like, it's just hanging out there. Like no one has uh, any, any interest in the giants here because they're going to be platooning like, two terrible quarterbacks and at least the bears showed some life last week um, going to Seattle and winning, even though it was obviously not a good Seahawks team. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's gross. David Montgomery, like maybe like volume overs. Like, I don't even know. Like yeah, rushing attempts. It'll be like 15, maybe maybe like 16, 17 and a half. So yeah. I mean, Saquon under Saquon played 34% of the snaps last week. Um, yeah, he's he's approaching like Zeke levels of deadness. Like he's just so he's I think just that, cut it down. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they're doing for him. Like I think there is still some juice there, though. Like Saquon's a little more spry than Zeke. I think they just know that there's uh, you know a predetermined amount of of you know snaps and carries in that body, and you know why why move the odometer in week seventeen when you're you know five and ten. So. Um, not, not great. Uh, but, uh, Hey, good news. There's a crap ton of football on and you don't have to watch it. 
there's a few fairly unwatchable football games this week. So yeah, multiple. Speaking of next, we'll go to San Francisco, Houston on the road in uh, California. Twelve and a half is the number here. Uh, Forty four is the total. Uh, despite the loss last week against the Titans, the Niners are still well positioned to make the playoffs here if they win this week against the Texans. This opened at fifteen and a half, which is really just too high. I mean, again, like the Texans aren't a good football team, but they are spry at least and have shown the ability to to win against you know competitive football teams. Again, last week against the Chargers, Connor just mentioned previously they won on the road in Tennessee. Uh, and then we also have some concerns about this being possibly a Trey Lance game. Jimmy G dealing with a chipped bone and torn ligament in his right thumb. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans have been playing out the strings since September. But again, continue to put forth their best effort. Their best effort sucks. But, uh, you know, 15 and a half is probably too much. Uh, it's 12 and a half too much. Um, I don't know. I think it's about right, but I, I got to say low key Davis Mills, like, you know, kind of playing well. Uh, yeah, I mean, right? yeah, I think that there was, I think a, you highlighted that. Like they played a tough schedule early, really, really tough. And the 49ers yeah. are not good enough to like, you know, really kind of lock him down. So he played a brutal schedule with rookie quarterback, you know, just like, or, you know, basically with no experience, like, you know, we, we thought he was going to be a no one. So, and now he's, he's here, you know, among all, I think it was like, among all younger quarterbacks, he was like second best in like EPA after like the last like in the last few weeks, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find out the exact stat there, you know, post show. But yeah, he I mean, he's been playing well. I do think though it's a good spot if Elijah Mitchell comes back. Uh, I think that the 49ers running game, regardless of who's back there, is going to have success um, against this Texans team. So it's tough for me to back the Texans at twelve and a half, but you know, fourteens I think were very viable. I think that that that's interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, with Trey Lance here, I, I think he's a, a bit of a wild card. Like he is, does not look ready at all As from what last we saw. He run ran a ton. If those are props are available, we'll definitely be hitting that again at anything less than like eight or nine. Um, so, oh yeah. But, but again, I, I think there's too much volatility in this game to take a side. To be honest, I agree. And like you said, the Davis Mills stuff. Like he, he did last week against the Chargers without Brandon Cooks. Like that was that's. I mean, again, it was mostly Rex Burkhead, which I think says more about the Chargers than it says about the Texans per se. But like, you know, he has been at least somewhat uh, competitive uh, at times. So, yeah, this is a, a stay away for me. Team total in the Niner side's a little high, considering we don't know what's going on with you know the quarterback. And again, Trey Lance, like you said, volatile, and the range of outcomes is is pretty pretty high. And they're going to play. I think this is going to be a really slow game. Like this is probably a leader for like fewest plays of the week. Like the Niners have been playing slower than they had early in the season, and in their Trey Lance games, they played at a snail's place pace and then ran a ton. So like you know the, the pass rate plummeted and they played slow. So um, you know could be a, an underlook on the San Francisco side, but we'll see. All right, next game. This is an interesting one. We have the Raiders on the road in Indy. Uh, Indy now. Six and a half point favorites at home. 44 and a half is the total. Uh, at full strength, really, the Colts should destroy the Raiders here. As is the case, though, uh, COVID tests will play a big part in this one. So I heard a little bit, um, a little ahead of time on the Wentz news. Uh, mutual friends of ours shared you know, probably 25 minutes, 30 minutes before 
the news broke of Carson Wentz that there were some reports that there's uh, some COVID outbreaks, uh, probably to Wentz, in the Colts, uh, Colts locker room. So I bet the Raiders plus seven. I shared it with our group. Um, a lot of people took it as well. And then uh, instantly, you know, we get, the, we get the Wentz news. Everyone's feeling really good. You know, a little insider information. It drops <laughs> down to one, one and a half in some spots. And then, boom, the league's like, oh, yeah, we're going to change the rules. And uh, you can maybe come back after five games. So instead of Wentz being non-vaccinated and possibly missing two games, there's a shot all of a sudden that Wentz is activated for this game. Um, which I would not have any interest in the Raiders plus seven um, in that situation, but I now have that ticket. Um, again, I still don't think there's, I think it's very much a shot that Wentz does not come back here. I um, mean, he has to pass protocols, but again, he's COVID positive and unvaccinated. So we'll see. But uh, again, this is like another closing line kicking the balls where definitely had the right information, had the right timing. You know, we were 25 minutes ahead of the Schefter and, and, uh, you know, rap sheet tweets, and uh, it might not matter, Connor. Yeah, um, you were working, issue, so you were you missed it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, but the issue is that. So, would you really even like the Raiders plus seven without Wentz? Like, that's my K- question. Kind of the seven made a difference to me. Like, you know, we had that discussion too. Like, with some of the people sharing this information, like, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not great. The Raiders have been terrible. They've scored what more than sixteen like once in the last eight weeks. But we're talking about like Sam Ellinger. It's not. It's not great. But I, knowing again that we are beating the number by a significant margin, if that got down to like one and a half, I'd happily take a, a Colts with Sam Ellinger at quarterback at like minus one, minus one and a half, and hope to get a middle. Yeah, I get it. Um, so I think the Wentz is going to almost, I would say, almost 100% play because Based on what? the new protocols for the NFL, basically, which says that five days post-vaccination or past uh, COVID, uh, whatever, t- testing positive, they don't test you again. They they just ask you if you have symptoms and what there's you're There's no feeling. monitoring of it. Like there's, there's no, no monitoring at all. And you're expecting these people, maybe not Carson Wentz, who's probably an honest guy, but you're asking the NFL team who's going to pressure him not to be honest uh, to actually make an honest decision. I would say there's next to no chance that he makes an honest decision. If he's feeling remotely good enough to play, even if he feels like, shit, like, you know, has a fever, or like doesn't feel good, like he's going to play. Um, and that's what I would say. I mean, cause he gives his team by far the best chance to win. So that's my biggest concern is like, I mean, they basically just made the rules, like do whatever the fuck you want, you know, within five, after five days, that's basically how I read it. Yeah. Um, I don't so disagree with you at all. I do. That's kind of my take. That's kind of my take. Uh, I still think you're plus seven and with the way you attacked it was sharp. Obviously, how could you have known that the NFL is going to change protocol <laughs> immediately Crazy. and closing line value is, is great. Um, but yeah, I would have definitely middled it, you know, if it had stayed that way for longer than 20 minutes uh, prior to, you know, that happening. So yeah, it, like it went down. I saw one and a half on points bet and then it was off the board everywhere almost instantly at the time. Yeah was already off on DraftKings. It was off at FanDuel. Um, so there wasn't even a real chance to react to a middle opportunity. So, yeah. I think the only chance Wentz does not play <clears throat> is if he's, like, actually impacted by COVID to the point where he's, like, legit feels, like, sick. Like, like he, like, can't play. Like, like Lamar or whatever, like, a couple weeks ago where he was, like, you know, like, yeah. legit was actually sick. But if he's even, like, remotely, like, oh, it was just a cold, like, 
whatever, 90-something percent of America, then he, he's probably playing. He's probably playing. No, I think you're right, to be honest. I mean, but it's interesting, again, this is was a seven. I think it's only that half point is kind of where, yeah. you know, everyone's not sure. But, uh, you know, hard to really cap it not knowing. But, again, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't love the Raiders, but feeling like we're – reacting to news and market moves and anticipating your market moves in that spot where you're like, well, this probably goes, maybe this goes down to a pick them. Mm-hmm. You got to take the seven points, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's a good look. It's a good look. It sucks because normally there'd be like, I mean, I guess not normally, but you know, if these things were announced like on Friday, there'd be props out and it would just be a bonanza and there would be, you know, so many more better buying opportunities than, you know, taking a side, unfortunately. Um, totally correct. Here we are. Here I am. Holding my dick in the Raiders plus seven ticket. We'll see what happens. Don't, don't worry. They'll come through for you. Oh, yeah. I believe. I feel really good about back in the Raiders. They've been <laughs> on fire of late. So. All right. Next game. Uh, Denver on the road against the Chargers. Chargers are six-point favorites here. 45 is the total. Yeah, the Chargers had a stranglehold of a playoff berth heading into last week. Uh, they could not slow down Rex Burkett. They uh, gave up 437 total yards of offense. Uh, Justin Herbert turned it over twice, and the Texans, they really, they cruised in that game, which is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, the Chargers were without a crap ton of key contributors on both sides of the ball, but, like, the Texans, they were too. Like I mentioned earlier, they didn't have Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, they were running out Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan and Rex Burkhead uh, at key positions, and and they got it done, so... Broncos on the other side, their playoffs basically ended last week in Vegas. Uh, it was not great. They could not convert a third down. I think they were like 0 for 12 on third down. They ran like a total of 45 plays. It was not pretty. Um, and it's probably going to be Drew Lock again here with uh, Teddy Bridgewater not practicing. So 45 plays was really rough having a combined yard prop on uh, Javante Williams, knowing that they ran for like, I don't know, eight times for 12 yards as a team. Uh, not great, but uh, yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts here? John Elway needs to get back on the grind, sell his soul again and find another damn quarterback. Um, because I mean, it's painful that they've built like actually like pretty good rosters and yeah. they like, I mean, it's the exact same thing that they had when, you know, like they've had a good roster for the last few years, but they've been trying like Simeon and Osweiler and, you know, like bums, like literally bums, like Teddy, we knew that Teddy was not going to be good enough to do it. He's just like, you know, some of his parts QB, you know, maybe less than that. Um, and Drew Locke is just the volatile option that shows, you know, way more lows than highs. Like that's just never – he's never going to be good enough on a consistent basis to win the games. And we've known that. I think everyone in the league knows that except for George Patton and the, his advisor, John Elway. So Elway needs to get back on the recruiting train there, find a way to trade for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or someone meaningful, and the Broncos will be good again. But – to this point, uh, I actually think in this spot, though, against the Chargers, like they can run the ball uh, a little bit. And I think that it's an interesting spot. I mean, they, they beat them last time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, a little bit that was a little bit more fluky. But, I mean, they had 131 rushing yards from Melvin Gordon and Javante combined uh, in that game. And, you know, they ran the ball, I think, 31 times combined between two of them, kind of controlled the clock, were able to be maybe not efficient but successful, like on a terms of a successful play rate. Um, and – also, since then, um, but on the other hand, the Chargers, since their 13 points against the Broncos, uh, scored 28 or more in four straight games, including 41 and 37, the games following the Broncos. So, 
Uh, it's, I think it's a little bit tough, um, but I think that the Broncos are very much live here against the Chargers despite their offensive struggles. It was just so bad last week, man. Like, I, I don't, this is just a, a stay away. There's so much. The range of outcomes for the Chargers are insane. I feel probably better about them at home. Again, you know, getting mostly healthy, but not everyone. Like, I don't, like Big Mike's not out or he's going to be out again. So they do have some depth at the receiver position, so they should be okay. Some of the defensive guys are coming back. Bosa should be back. Derwin James should be back. But, like, yeah, I don't want to lay. Didn't, didn't one of their corners get announced out with COVID, though, too, again? Or was that for just for last week? It was right before last week. Um, you know, one of their top corners got announced out. So yeah, <clears throat> and um, pretty sure he's. Well, it wouldn't matter with the new, the new uh, protocols. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, he could be back. <clears throat> yeah, just no, no interest in taking Drew Lock in uh, points on the road in this spot. So uh, Kenny Pickett feels like a a John Elway kind of guy. Yeah, pick quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not going to be Malik Willis, that's for sure. No. <laughs> All right, uh, next Arizona. Not quite it, right? No, not for not for Elway. Not quite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not quite. Uh, yeah, I don't know how Teddy slipped through for them, but uh, <laughs> someone's getting the stern talking to it at the end of the season. All right, Arizona on the road in Dallas. Dallas five and a half point favorites at home. Fifty-two is the total here. Uh, Arizona, losers of three straights. Offense is really struggling. Defense has sputtered. Uh, just not good enough to win games by themselves. You know, they were performing well early in the year, though they have obviously fallen back a little bit. They are hobbling to the finish line and now have to go to Dallas uh, with hopes of ending this losing streak, which is going to be a big ask considering how good the Cowboys looked last week. Dak played his best game in months. Defense has continued to perform really well. Uh, just from a success rate standpoint, they've been terrific from an EPA standpoint, which is going to incorporate big plays more. They've obviously been dynamic. Uh, they had some incredible plays last week against the football team. Uh, kind of felt like a ceiling game. It gave us a glimpse of really what you know the Cowboys could be when they put it together on both sides. So now in this spot, I, I think if this game's played a month ago, Connor, it's probably a pick, right? Like at worst. But now I think – Arizona might be, we talked about earlier, like recency bias. We can only react to what we've seen last. Like Arizona might be getting a little too much credit for their early season performance, given how they played of late. What are your thoughts? I I really don't know because like I, I go back and forth because I'm like, okay, well, early season, they're good. You know, maybe they just stumbled a little bit, but I mean, they, they scored 16, 12 and 23 points and three straight losses without Hopkins. And now, you know, I just don't – I don't know. I, I think it's tough because like, you're getting a Dallas team that's probably ascending. Um, yeah, so I, I think that – like I expect a lot of people to be on on the Cardinals actually, like a lot of the Sharps or whatever just because of their power ratings. But I can't really take a side here because I think that the Cowboys are at this point probably a better team. But five and a half points, I mean, it's kind of a lot. So I, I don't know. I think I go back and forth. Either way, I do think there's been plenty of scoring. So Yeah. But I don't know. Like why? Arizona's done – Nothing. They like they might be without James Conner. They've shown an inability to do anything. Like they couldn't score and really move the ball against the Colts, who are fairly average. Like they have some playmakers, but like you can pass on the Colts. They couldn't get anything done there. It was a bunch. Yeah, of- it may, may mostly be on Dallas' side then. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I have interest in the Cowboys under six in this spot because I feel like 
yeah, I, just, I feel like they're the better team. I feel like the Cardinals are it's just not the team that they were early in the season. I don't know what that is. A lot of injuries and uh, could be the square side. You're right. But uh, I just, I don't know. The Cardinals, I kind of want to see it. This is a tough spot for them to, to get right all of a sudden. So we'll see. Uh, Edmonds props might be interesting again if James Conner is out. We'll have to take a look there. Cowboys well, really hard. Did this even get posted game. last week? I mean, like. No, no, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you just had to be sitting there refreshing your phone like for two hours Minutes. prior to the game. You're like, You're right. And I'm sure someone was going to hit it if you didn't, but <laughs> like, I, oh, I, I think we, I, I missed it actually. I remember it was, I do remember it was posted at 35, uh, 35 rushing yards. And I was like posting it and it got pulled in our oh, that's Discord. Right, that's right. I do remember this, and yeah, it was it sucked. Oh, because we were still, I was still able to hit. I hit like three parlays because DK didn't pull the parlay, the same game parlay odds off of it. So you're able to get forty four over forty four rushing yards at like plus one hundred and fifty, even on the same game parlays, even without like even after it was adjusted. So DraftKings gave us a little gift there, which they usually don't. They're usually pretty good. No, shout out our our listeners and our uh, subscribers pointed that out in the Discord, and I was able to hit a bunch of parlays, which was awesome. Nice. All right, next, uh, Detroit on the road in Seattle. Seattle is a seven-point favorite at home. Kitchen is closed. Uh, 42.5 is the total. This is another NFL football game that's happening on Sunday. And that's about it. I mean, Seahawks lost at home last week to the Bears' third-string quarterback. Uh, That's impressively bad. Um they don't even have a first-round pick to tank for. Uh, their franchise quarterback might be on his way out the door. And the Lions are gritty and uh, covering machine. They're like 10-5 and five against the number. I don't know how you don't take the Lions here uh, against Seattle um, if you're going to take a side. Yeah, it might be a little bit of an overreaction to, I mean, like, how bad the Lions were earlier in the season, I guess. But I mean, they've been kind of good lately, though. I mean, they've been, you know, play, they played really well against the Cardinals, played well in, enough against the Falcons, like you said, outgained them yardage-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my issue, though, is that, like, regardless of all those other issues with the Seahawks, like, they're still going to probably have plenty of success running the ball, which is what they do well. And I think offensively, they're still going to have, you know, enough success that, seven points could be a lot for the Lions to overcome, uh, barring, you know, I mean, another, you know, Cardinals-like performance. So, I don't know. I, I do think that's possible. I just, I don't know. I'm, I, I, you know, still fading the Lions and, and kind of content on fading how bad they are, um, although this might not be the right spot with, you know, what you mentioned about the Seahawks and the dysfunction in the organization. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff is very comfortable against the Seahawks team. You know, one – as a backup, if we remember correctly, on the road last year in the playoffs against this uh, the Seahawks defense, so it's gross, man. But like the Seattle stuff is is a defense is terrible, and you know they, they don't have a first round pick because they're still paying for the Jamal Adams stuff, and he's not a difference maker. I mean, in the run game, maybe as you know, as a you know weak side blitzer but in the, as a as a defender in the secondary he is a liability and they are um you know giving up a, a nice top 10 pick to the jets still for that again this year so not great again this is the i guess the afternoon version of the uh the giants and the bears game where it's on and uh 
you probably catch a little bit in the red zone. You maybe go quad box. You'll have to watch a few snaps, but uh, it is not a game where um, you don't want to get in the weeds on breaking down ahead of weeks, uh, week 18. So, uh, yeah, not great. All right, next, Carolina on the road against the Saints. Saints seven-point favorites at home. We have a 38.5-point total here. The Ian Book experience went about as well as one would expect. Uh, the new COVID rules, though, obviously means a one-and-done scenario for Book. Uh, we don't have any official news yet, but again, like, you know, Taysom Hill came back today to practice. Um, we also have quarterback news on the Carolina side. It looks like it's going to be Sam Darnold, but, like, Matt Rule thinks it's going well. And, you know, talked about how it took Jay-Z seven years to build uh, his empire, and Matt Rule is building an empire, apparently, that's still going to involve Cam Newton mixing in. Connor, what are your thoughts here? Uh I mean, I, I like New Orleans here. I think that with Taysom back, I think that at seven points, I mean, they're a better overall team. Taysom's significantly better than, you know, Sam Darnold. I think their offense is better. I mean, the, the Panthers' defense has flashed from time to time, but still. I, Two notable outs there, too. Uh, Stephon Gilmore not going to play, yep. and uh, Hassan Redick uh, out as well. So like, Yeah, I mean, that's a big impact. Like, at this point, the, you know, the secondary is a shell of what, you know, it should be. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that obviously like Ian Book was a complete disaster. I mean, like, you know, I was trying to find out. I was reading like scouting reports of Ian Book because I remember him in college and I was like, oh, this guy's like a shitty Johnny Manziel. And I mean, that's, that's actually what I texted. Uh, I texted Thor Nystrom. He posted this on Twitter and I didn't expose myself, but I texted him. I was like, this guy's like a really bad Johnny Manziel. Right? And he was like, you know, he made fun of me for even comparing him to Johnny Manziel because of how bad he is. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me with Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith, this guy's going to pass for like 200 passing yards? I'm like, absolutely no shot. Um, So that, I mean, that was like probably one of the easiest unders we've hit all year. Um, But regardless of that, like now you're getting, you're you're almost getting like a buyback spot on the Saints here with Taysom at quarterback, I think, um, that at seven points, I think they're a significantly better team. So um, with with Taysom, who's, I, I think actually relatively competent went healthy. Like, you know, he played really bad in his first game, but then since then we've kind of seen him be a little bit better. And I think at times last year we saw him be pretty good um, as, as the starter. So I'm, I'm interested in the Saints at seven, the, not interested in any of the team totals or anything. 38 and a half, I think they run the ball like crazy, you know, maybe like 35-ish times uh, combined between Taysom and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah. It's another gross game. You know, that team total in Carolina side is disgusting. But again, we've seen this, this Saints defense at times flash, and it's like, yeah, they just they can show up. And then sometimes they can lay an egg, right? They've lost at home to Miami. They lost at home to the Giants. Um, you know, they kicked the crap out of the Packers. Like they've been all over the map this season. So they're they're a real tough team. I do agree that it is probably Saints or nothing, though. All right, next uh, the Sunday night game, Minnesota. On the road in Green Bay. Green Bay is a six and a half point favorite at Lambeau. 47 and a half is the total. We saw the Packers lose to Minnesota a few weeks back. Uh, is really their only blimp on the resume of late. Uh, and then with Detroit on tap next week, the Packers are the top seed in the NFC if they can get a win here. And also they will secure the fate of the Vikings, which I'm sure they would love to do. Keep them home for the playoffs uh, with a win here as well. And then the Packers are also likely getting Jair Alexander back for this one, which is impressive considering how good their defense has been without him this season. 
uh, for the majority of the game. So uh, Green Bay at six and a half is interesting to me at home in the spot. We're also supposed to have some weather here. It's supposed to be really cold and really windy. Uh, and I think there's supposed to be a crap ton of snow than like night, like overnight going into the game. So like we got Kirk Cousins on the road in snow and weather uh, in prime time. It kind of feels like a, like an auto lock uh, fade of the Vikings here. I know my issue is that I think, I mean, Dalvin Cook is back though, right? Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, that, that gives me a little bit of pause here. I feel like Dalvin Cook has actually had, you know, the Packers number the last kind of, you know, few years in terms of like having just some massive games where I've always, I felt like it's been a, a great spot for the Packers and Dalvin Cook just comes out and runs for like 150 yards and three touchdowns. A few and, times in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's my biggest concern here at seven um, or six and a half. If it gets to seven, I'd consider the Vikings, but uh, I wouldn't, I, I still probably wouldn't take it for all the reasons you mentioned, because if it gets in any kind of negative game script, I mean, the, the Vikings are toast. Yeah. So, I mean, you're really banking on that. Uh, I mean, maybe it's more of a live betting play, kind of just see how the game goes, but I mean, because, yeah, yeah, it's probably, stay, it's honestly stay away from me. I had a really tough time capping this game. The live betting side on the Vikings is always to just fade them, right? Fade them. They will probably keep it within a score. So that means if this gets to seven for sure, we want to take the Vikings because um, they just – they always hang around. Um, but it's interesting. Like, we know what they want to do, and, like, the elements might force their hands into doing that, even though it hasn't necessarily been their optimal way of playing football. Um, though I do think the Dalvin Cook stuff is notable. Like, if you look at some of the advanced metrics and some of the, you know, yards after contact stuff and EPA per play over the last two years with Dalvin in and out of the lineup, like, I know we think Alexander Madison is is – like a decent comp, but the metrics don't seem to think so. Um, he doesn't seem like a difference maker in some of those spots where Dalvin actually really has been. So you make a good point. You know, maybe it's something that I have, uh, you know, see if there's any movement prior to kick on Sunday night. Uh, but uh, let's wait and see, especially considering the elements. I think this, this total might be a little too high considering that the uh, weather might be an issue and the Vikings might want to run the ball. All right, next, uh, Monday Nighter, last game of the week. We have the Browns on the road in Pittsburgh. The Browns are favored here by three points. 41 is the total. We had both these teams lose last week, which massively decreased the likelihood that either will make the playoffs, though the Steelers, shockingly, have a path, um, albeit an unlikely one. If they win here and they win out, basically, so they got to win next week, as well against the Ravens and the Bengals lose their last two, which is possible, right? They got the chiefs this week and then they go uh, to Cleveland next week. Then the Steelers are hosting a playoff game and they are your AFC North champions somehow. So, or they get their doors blown off of them here by Cleveland who hasn't been blowing anyone's doors off as of late. And this is the big Ben swan song. And, uh, it goes really poorly. What are your thoughts here? This should be a pick, right? Why is it three? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, who would the Browns even have playing at this point? Like, it seems like every day we get someone going on and off COVID. And, I mean, the last, like, three weeks, basically. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I the last I checked, I'm pretty sure most of them are playing. Um, they were expected to play, especially with their new protocols. I mean, almost sure. certainly all of them will play. Um, but again, even like, what must that team look like though? Like they're yeah, still like, not like they're pretty. I mean, they're not healthy. They're like barren. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are you? I mean, there's some three and a half. I mean, are you interested in the Steelers at three and a half? Uh, yeah, I think we should be. I mean, it's so gross, dude. They they were terrible last week. Like they, Ben looks just decrepit. It, it, it gets like worse than it was earlier in the year, and it was bad. And now we're like the old bones and cold weather. And the problem here is that the Steelers have been gashed. I think they've had like eight straight games where they've given up a hundred yard rusher. So like, I think Nick Chubb probably runs all over him here. Uh, yeah, it's been really bad. It's been bad. That's so it just, that's the thing though. Like, you know, Sal and I even were talking about this one. Like why, why I know that the Steelers have been atrocious, but the Browns have not been like they backdoor covered last week against the Packers. They were never in that game. Really? Like you weren't watching that thing in the Browns were live to win. It's just been it's been a mess. And again, they've had COVID issues and they've had weird games and stuff. But like, I don't know, I don't know what their ceiling is right now. Their defense has had a lot of injuries. They've been a letdown this season. I don't know what the ceiling is. It's a lot of Jarvis Landry and prayer yards to Donovan Peoples Jones and David and Joku is like one of your downfield weapons. Like, that's not great. I don't know. I, I think Steelers at three and a half is probably a strong play. Yeah, I know. I'm just worried because, like, watching the Steelers' offense is like, it's it'll be like slant yeah. to Deontay Johnson, clinks off his hands. It'll be like deep throw to Clay, Chase Claypool, like either way out of bounds or you know he tries to fake a pi. Yeah, and then you know third down, <laughs> like clink off Deontay Johnson's hands or like you know a dump off to Najee yeah. Harris who gets like seven yards and then they have to punt. Like that's literally what like half of their drives were. Two games ago, I, I forget who they played. I think Najee was like caught two of his eight targets. He's a running back. He's a running back. It was, it, it was a, like, I remember watching him be like, how many incomplete screen passes have, like, has there been? And I remember like two of eight, like, is insane. Like, how can you have that little, it's a combination of both guys, right? Like, it's just the offensive line's not protecting. You know, Ben's just like, it's probably not Najee's fault. He's just trying to get rid of it. And Najee's the closest guy that you can throw it at to not get a penalty. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how, how are these like so bad? Yeah, but eight targets. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Like it's Ray, Ray McLeod, like end arounds. Like uh, it's, it's just a mess. So I need but, to go home. Yeah. He needs to call it. I think he is. He's, this is it. So sorry, Timmy, but it's over. Yeah. Sorry, Timmy, if you're watching and hanging out. So, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure you want it to be over as well. So, it was fun when it lasted. If you're, you know, you're Connor's age and you don't remember young Ben Roethlisberger, uh, it was decent for a while. I mean, the dude was like a beast, pump fakes and shen dudes in the pocket, stepping up and like extending plays and chucking it like Uncle Rico down the field. Uh, that is feels like a lifetime ago with how he is aged so poorly. Again, too many late nights in CD bars down in Georgia earlier in his career too many motorcycle accidents and it's starting to uh, pile up. I, I remember Ben Roethlisberger. There've been two constants in my life, the Patriots being good and, and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, like, um, you know, doing questionable things. <laughs> That's what <laughs> right. I'm saying. Right. <laughs> uh, settling out of courts and, yeah. uh, and the Patriots being good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. Good job. That's it. That's all we got for now. That is our week 17 betting preview as uh, best as we can do it. Uh, again, Hit the show notes. You can uh, get a betting sub, which will uh, take you to the end of the year for 444.com slash plans. That'll get you, again, all the football stuff. We get NBA rocking and rolling already. Uh, props are doing well there. And uh, golf starts in two weeks. 
and that is uh, is kicking up. We're you know launching some other sports here soon as well, so we want you to be a part of that. Again, that'll uh, take you through the end of February. So uh, we'll be back at a time to be determined at some point in the next couple of days for the prop show, considering the new year and schedules and the lack of props and all that stuff. So you know maybe it's a, a weekend show. Uh, we'll figure that out. So for Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time.